the Askell Primary Leaders Podcast with Tiff Harris. Hello again, everyone. My name is Tiff Harris. I am Askell's Primary Specialist and welcome to another podcast in our series of Primary Leadership Podcasts. Today, absolutely delighted to be speaking to Matt Costa-Marcon. I did ask him first how to pronounce his name. He may talk a little bit about that name so you remember it. It is Costa-Marcon and he's from Learning Ladders. I'm going to ask you a few questions, Matt, about your background and then about what inspired Learning Ladders, what Learning Ladders can do for our leaders. And then, as always, we'll end on that little positive story that I've already asked you about. So you should be ready to go on that. So without further ado, I'm going to hand over to Matt now. The first question that um, I'd already asked Matt to consider which I think is, is 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 an interesting start, is to tell us a little bit about your history, career history, your background, and why you're in this position now. What happened to you along the way? Uh, thank you for the introduction, and thank you for making the effort to get the name right. It is a bit of an <laughs> alcohol. Um, it's, a, it's a sort of uh, Dutch-Italian combination. So my wife's Italian, that's the mark on, and my family heritage is Dutch, which is Costa with a K. So um, apparently it's printmaker in Dutch, but I'm sure somebody can tell me more about that. Um, my history, crikey, it's a long one. Uh, the short version, I suppose, is I kind of arrived at teaching by accident. Um, it was never a sit down uh, in a dark room and decide I wanted to be a teacher. My mum used to be a teacher. She's actually a lecturer in education at Roehampton. So, um, so there's that family heritage, which is pretty common for a lot of people. That will resonate, I'm sure. But I actually went into marketing. So um, I had a career in, in sales and marketing. Um, I used to, I was a director, an MD of a, a big marketing agency in London. Um, set up my own agency, sold it, went traveling um, for a number of years, came back, did some voluntary work, ended up doing voluntary work with disadvantaged children. We used to take children on residential weekends away who had been excluded from schools in London, you know, who came from challenging backgrounds. Found it incredibly rewarding, really enjoyed it, um, and kind of got the bug, really, and retrained as a primary school teacher. So I went from marketing agency managing director to um, primary school teacher in, in the city of London. So a massive change um in in every sort of sense and yeah got 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 involved in teaching so my practice was in Camden Tower Hamlets Bethnal Green you know central London places like that um I worked in early years I worked in key stage one um took on some responsibility for for maths for assessment for those kind of things and that was that was the sort of my journey into teaching if you like so I came at it relatively late and one of the things that really struck me in the schools that I was working in was we weren't able to unlock parent power. We weren't able to get parents to support their children's learning in the way that we knew would make the children feel better about school, make them role model than being enthusiastic about school, but also give them practical support on day-to-day -day sort of tasks that we were working on in class. And there are a whole load of reasons for that. So some schools, it was um, the parents themselves that had a bad school experience and they were relatively negative about school and, and their children coming home saying, I'm really struggling with maths would be met with something along the lines of, you know, well, I really struggled with maths and it didn't do me any harm type approach and that was left at that right through to the opposite end of the spectrum where we had parents who were almost over supporting and yeah. I'm trying to do number bonds to 10 and they're doing long division to three decimal places with their child and they're getting thoroughly mm. confused. So lots of really, really valid reasons, but that was a challenge in, in those schools. 
at the same time as being totally astonished by the sheer inefficiency of education systems and most school systems yes. having come from a commercial background the amount of time teachers are expected to spend on pointless admin tasks and stuff mm. that doesn't add to the core value of what you're doing and having come from a background where my commercial job was to make companies very efficient going into a small two-form entry <laughs> for London yeah you can imagine it was a bit of an eye-opener so those two things were sort of swinging around in my mind and basically there was a there was just a, a a number of things that happened and it became clear that there was a better way to support parents that actually every time I, I went to a dinner party which is a new teacher it wasn't very often obviously but um, people were asking me the same questions these were really intelligent people who were very interested in their children's education but they were asking you know what is chunking at the time what is a split digraph how do I teach number bonds and these are people who work probably for you know commercial banks so they're very mathematically astute they just don't understand the way it's taught and this was obviously of course long long before lockdown and remote learning and all that kind of stuff so learning matters originally was a, a a way for teachers to easily upskill engage involve inform parents or any adult at home mm -hmm about what every child in their class was learning every single week without adding to teacher workload. So the idea was, what, what would you tell every parent if you had the time to sit next to them over dinner or over coffee or at the weekend? You know, if you could be a mentor to every parent, if you could be their best friend, what would you tell them? How would you get them to help their children at home? Well, how can we create that in such a way that it's accessible to parents but doesn't overload teachers so obviously a website was the answer so when I was teaching um, I created a website with some very simple explanations this is what we're doing this week this is this is the resources we're using this is how to do it and thousands of schools across the country and millions of teachers will I'm sure be doing exactly the same thing but all we did at Learning Ladders was take that really simple tried and tested idea and take it to the next level so we had expert teachers write the articles, write the supporting resources. We've translated them. They're available in over 100 languages. They've obviously got extra resources in there. And then we map that to every school's curriculum so that as a school, you can teach any curriculum you like and you'll do your normal sort of assessment processes internally. And the system then does the heavy lifting for you. So as a class teacher, I teach my normal lessons in my normal way. I do my normal thing that, I've, that I, I'm very familiar with and I'm very confident in doing. And I record children's progress in the normal way. I just do it on learning ladders. And then the system does the heavy lifting by informing parents every week. This is what your child is working on. This is where they're up to. And this is specifically how you can help at home. That's the critical bit. So... That was the journey. That's kind of how we arrived where we did. I think I think it's really interesting when you, I, I, for the people listening, I I met Matt. Um, I don't know, it was probably a few months ago, and then and then a couple of times since then. And when I first met Matt and heard about learning ladders, it was that question about how to unlock parent power that really did resonate with me because, um, in my in my teaching career, but but very recently in Askell, that question has has usually 
got, particularly more than anybody, primary leaders sat up and and wanting the answer. It, it's almost like you know that's that that's if you know the answer to that question, you're you're winning the golden ticket, aren't you? And how do you engage parents? And you're absolutely right, Matt, that those are a full range of of um of attitudes at home, isn't that? And even and even those that are um doing. You know, going above and beyond. Sometimes they're getting it wrong, and they're not actually helping their child. So there's, they, schools do need help with this, and I and I think it's quite fair to say that there are some schools doing very very well, but there are many many more schools that don't know how to unlock that parent power. Um, and then there's a couple of things I just want you to talk about when you tell me about learning ladders in a little bit more detail. Um, it's a risk, isn't it, for you? This was a risk. You you had a career. You went into teaching. You're loving it, and now you see a solution to to a problem that you um you know were not out there looking for. You you took a risk in getting this out there, and I know you've had quite tremendous success. And and I know now you're here, and you've got the solution here. And I mean, predominantly in the UK. I know that you have a lot of success in other countries as well. Um, this this is a solution to an age-old problem, isn't it? And I'd like you to talk a little bit about why it is a good solution and what it does. And then the other thing that I've spoken to Matt about before is it, it's almost been, you know, we, we're sneaking it through the back door, aren't we, the skills that teachers are expected to have now. You know, they are expected to know their data. They are expected to understand how to do many, many things that they're probably not taught when, when they're training, even now. Certainly, if you've been in education for quite a long time, you were never taught anything like this. So things have changed. And I think teachers also need that support, don't they? And and I think this is, you know, a very, very um, good solution to those problems that are growing, particularly as we come out of out of COVID. I'll let you just talk a little bit more about that then, Matt, and, and tell us what it does and why and why it's a solution. So I'll I'll, um, I'll gloss over the ploughing my life savings into an adventure because <laughs> I'm, not sure, I'm not sure my wife's fully aware of that, but um, but yes, that was really a risk. Okay. And, um, Going into teaching was a was a was a big decision, you know. Uh, as you say, coming from a very very different career, and and I always, my former colleagues and former friends and stuff, you know, I always sort of say, it's, you know, I was on the board of a company with you know many many staff and um, you know millions of pounds being spent by lots of companies you'd have heard of, and I was far more stressed being a year two teacher. Um, you know, it's incomparable the 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 things we expect of our teachers, and people just don't understand that unless they've lived and breathed it, and 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 as Harper Lee would say, sort of walked around in their shoes. So that would be the first thing. Um, in terms of then um, why it works, I think there's a number of things from my point of view. Probably again, my way of thinking about this is slightly informed by my previous life. There's a lot of artificial silos in education. So you go to conferences, you go to a conference about data and assessment, you go to one about parental engagement, you go to one about well-being, and, and that focus is natural and understandable, but the reality, particularly in primary and early years, is they're all completely blended. It's very messy, and everything is very rarely siloed in one area. Um, a lot of stuff is also decided by budgets, and unfortunately, for lots of reasons, parental engagement tends not to have a specific budget behind it. And it falls between the cracks because the government doesn't want to take responsibility for it and tell parents what to do. It's a bit of an ask for school leadership to start taking ownership mm -hmm. and tell parents what to do. So individual class teachers, it's a huge workload for them to start supporting parents and mm -hmm. telling them what to do on an individual child basis. Really? So there's a number of sort of challenges there which are entirely understandable. 
Um, and, and obviously tech helps solve those. But fundamentally, I, I would peel it back to the why. Why are we doing education? Why do people go into being a teacher? What is it that you want to do? I think most people will come up with an answer, which is a variation on a theme. They want to help children. They want children. They want to enable children to be the best they can possibly mm. be at whatever it is they want to be. And that's what most people, in some sense, mm. would probably do. And, and that's fundamentally the basis of what we're trying to do at Learning Ladders. We just do it through the medium of focusing on curriculum design, assessment, parental engagement and stuff. The reason why we do that is I didn't know this when I was a teacher. It was never part of my teacher training. But research has shown time and time and time again with younger children that what happens at home, both in terms of practical support, you know, we all talk about reading for 10 minutes a day, but lots more practical support, attitudes to learning and everything else, is far more impactful and far more important than anything that can be done in schools to impact children's learning. We know that early years and primary are absolutely critical for setting children up for the rest of their lives. We know that parents play an absolutely critical part in that, but we're not addressing it as an education system. Yeah. So, so why is that was my challenge. That made no sense to me. As a classroom teacher, recognizing this obvious problem that I was struggling to support my parents. I went on the internet and looked for a solution and assumed someone must have made one. And when it wasn't there, I was like, well, this is crazy, you know, and obviously then my, I suppose my entrepreneurial spirit okay. took over and thought, well, I can solve this problem. And, you know, I have some contacts, we can get this up and running. So that, that was the idea, you know, to try and solve that problem. There's very, very good reasons why people don't think of it in that way. A lot of people don't realize they have a problem because they don't realize there's that opportunity. Mm. The vast majority of schools that we spoke to in the early days, when we said to them, we want to help you support and engage parents, it wasn't even on their radar. Mm. They, they didn't even realize it was an opportunity. Yeah. And if you say to someone, right, if I was to walk into the average school senior leadership team meeting and say, I've got something in this box, which research has shown, if you can implement it time and time again, will improve pupil progress by between 10 and 30% globally for every subject, for every child, they'd bite your hand off. If you said it was a reading scheme, they'd be like, great, yeah, where do we sign up? Yeah. When you say that's um, getting parents involved, then it, it becomes problematic because that's associated with a lot of work, conflict, difficult conversations, and it has this kind of baggage that comes with it. So... That, that, that I think is really important for people to understand. It's not that we've suddenly discovered a secret source at Learning Ladders. This has been around forever. People have been doing this forever. They've just been doing it in a piecemeal way, mm. in an ad hoc way here and there with various amounts of success. And we've just kind of, I guess, codified it and done it at scale and done it with the benefit of a tech team behind us and you know, a yeah. bit more resource than most schools can muster. The other side of it, I suppose, is we worked very hard right at the beginning coming at all of this from the perspective of both the parents, but the teacher, it, it would be very easy to tackle this problem in a way which massively increases teacher workload, yes. expectations on teachers. And as a former teacher who was already super stressed and staggered by the amount of mm. being asked, the idea of adding something else to a teacher was just clearly ridiculous. So what, what we did, what I did was look at what is it that teachers are doing anyway as a task now, much like the old kind of McDonald's most time and motion studies, the most efficient mm. way to make a burger, you break down every single task 
and you look at each aspect of it quite mechanically and think about how can we make these better. And at the time, this was sort of, you know, life after levels kind of time, teachers were spending a huge amount of time recording their assessments, typically for somebody who wasn't in the room at the time, for Ofsted, for, for accountability purposes and the like. And that's never going to go away. Um, it's incredibly, at the time, it was incredibly inefficient. It was very bad. It's moved on a long way from, from that, thankfully. And I think hopefully we played a part in that. But teachers will always need to record what children have learned. Mm. So why would we, if we're asking teachers to do something like that, if we're going to ask teachers to do something, mm -hmm. we need to make that work really hard for them. So we talk about the ripple effect internally. If we're going to ask teachers to do something, we need to make really, really sure that that effort is rewarded and multiplied. So, for example, our way of looking at it is you, you note your assessment on learning ladders. It then ripples out. It, it updates parents on what's going on. It upskills parents so they know what's going on with no work for the teachers. So you are recording something and doing something you would do anyway. And the system is then taking that information, using that information, presenting it to parents in a usable form. Today, Matt is doing split diagraphs, number bonds to 10, and photosynthesis. Mm -hmm. He's at this stage in his learning, and this is how we would like you to help at home. Here's a short tutorial, which you can consume in 100 languages if, if English isn't your first language. It has supporting resources, links to resources, all sorts of other stuff in there as well. You now know what you should be helping your child with mm -hmm. and how you should be helping your child and if you wish to feed back on that experience to the teacher, you can do. And that obviously squares the circle in terms of the feedback loop. So that, that's, that's the learning ladder yeah. way. And that's why it's different. And it's interesting because a lot of people, when they think about learning ladders, they, they, they are very familiar with the assessment tracking data side of learning ladders. Um, but that's actually not our starting point, <laughs> funnily enough. I mean, we win lots of awards for that, which is lovely and great. And it's a necessary part of what we do. But it's not the bit, if I'm completely honest, that gets me excited. You know, it's the making the difference to yeah. children's learning that makes the difference. And that's just a conduit to it. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's where we ended up where we are. No, that, that was an excellent summary, Matt. And, um, you know, I've heard so many times and I've, you know, on my own, with my own children in groups of, of other, other, other parents asking what, things are what do you google how do you how do you do this anybody know what this means so that's it's it's very it's very out there isn't it from from the other side but the other side of the fence you know i i am a, i am a, a specialist at haskell i've been a teacher for many years but i'm also a parent so i've, I've seen both sides like yourself and um yeah i think a lot of parents do need need that support i think the amount of time i've seen parents googling the trying to work out or going on youtube <laughs> And it's difficult. It's really difficult. I mean, I've got two young kids um, and, and my one of my daughters is in year one. And, um, you know, we get we get the Google picture of her yeah. doing a maths task. Well, I used to be the maths lead in my primary school. You know, I taught year one mm. and I was desperately trying to work out what on earth they were doing from the picture and the information. But it's unrealistic for me to expect the teacher to have the time to upskill me with what they're doing. And that's yeah. where we step in. So all the teacher needs to do is, by all means, share the pictures, say this is what we're working on. But you've got to take it a step further. If you're, and this is again, is a is a constant challenge in early years. You know, early years, there's there's, a, there's an ongoing. We've just launched an early years module as well. There's an ongoing joke in early years that half the children only know think their teacher looks like the back of an iPad because they're following them around taking pictures all the time. You know, and that's because there's an expectation mm. that there'll be this huge volume of photo evidence and all sorts of other stuff. You know, and it's it's taking practitioners away from best practice that they know 
and making them sort of childminders and, and Instagram heroes, which is not what we want to do. Mm. Um, so everything we do is, is rooted in understanding, because we're teachers ourselves, this is the reality of what happens in classrooms. This is the reality of the situation that teachers are battling day in, day out, and how can tech help that? rather than trying to plonk a tech system over an idealised version of education yeah. which doesn't really exist. Good, Thank, thanks Matt. Um, I, this, this, there's many stories that I can refer back to, but I wish Learning Ladders was around when I was a child. I remember struggling a little bit with long division and once mm -hmm. spending a good two to three hours with my father over a weekend. He painstakingly taught me how to do all of my long division homework. I went to school with with, with joy holding this homework only to discover that he taught me the way that he was taught, you know, <laughs> you know, 20 years before. And it was not the same way. And I've always remembered that. It's almost scarred my brain. And it, I think it, to a certain extent, it's made me afraid to help my own children at times because you know, I think, oh, goodness me, you know, is that that's not how I have it. I've had to then go and Google that to make sure, you know, is that, is that how that, it's done? That reaction, we get that all the time. And what's interesting about that from my perspective is we talk a lot at Learning Ladders about creating great conversations about learning. It's one of our sort of marketing phrases. And we talk about it very sincerely. The whole point of what we're trying to do is create better learning conversations in the classroom, in the staff room and at home. That experience that you've described is so, so typical. And for you, it was negative. But can you imagine if it could have been positive? Wouldn't it have been positive if your dad had been told how school was teaching it today, mm. had that explained to him, and the conversation could have been slightly pivoted to be, oh, wow, that's interesting. Well, you explain to me how you learn it nowadays. Wow, when I did this, I learned it this way. Yeah. Because there's no wrong way of learning. Mm. And it may well be some children, you know, different ways that are appropriate to different people. But that painful experience mm. is so close. It's within yeah. touching distance <laughs> yes. of being a positive experience. Yes. It's just that extra bit of information yeah. delivered at the right time in the right way to the parents to explain to them that enthusiasm that you have to help. We want to nurture that. We want to keep that. You know, we talk about this at the moment. We've come off the back of a few years of lockdown. Parents have been involved. They now understand the detail, the complexity, what's involved with teaching. We have a once in a generation opportunity to harness that. Let's not move away from where we are and go back to the old ways of treating parents, keeping them at arm's length. We've got to build on what we've learned over the last few years. And those conversations that, that have been painful, they just don't need to be. We're, we're Like I said, we're so close mm, to yeah. those conversations being brilliant. And the thing about that is it's great for everybody. What a great experience for parents when they actually know what's going on. Um, so anyway, sorry, I'll get off the soap. No, no, I I absolutely agree with you. And, and you know, I never asked my dad again, nor did he want to be asked. <laughs> so um, I've, I've put these webinars together. I mean, the story behind these webinars is, you know, a lot of people do webinars now. But my commute to work in my in the job that I had before I joined Askell as a an, an employee and not a member um, was was approximately somewhere between twenty six minutes and thirty two minutes. So the webinars are designed. You listen to and you commute. You may be on the tube. You may go out running and do you know. A, a couple of K and listen to this. So we're coming to the end of this now, but I, I really do not like ending on negatives. Um, I like a little positive story towards the end. And um, I've prompted Matt a little bit about, you know, what's his, what's his positive story. And, and, and I like to sell this as, you know, there, there are issues in, in this line of work, but we still do it and we're in it for the, for the love of the job. You know, what's the inspiration 
um, what's your inspiration? An inspirational story. Um, so you, we, you're going to come to the inspirational story in a minute, Matt, and that's going to be the end. But before that, can you direct some of our listeners? They're coming to the end of their commute now. They're thinking, yeah, everything Matt said, I agree with. Where can they go next? What could they read? Is there any research been done? Can they listen to a, 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 a podcast that you've done? Is there a website they can go on? You know, two or three things that they can do and then leave them on a positive note. So learningladders.info is our website. That's the best place to go. Um, we are super passionate about this. So we do an ongoing series of webinars. So if you're interested in, in parental engagement, if you're interested in data, if you're interested in classroom layout, well-being, we've done in teaching bilingual, trilingual. We do a, a monthly webinar with an external expert as well as a number of internal ones. They're all on the website. So if you just go to learningladders.info, have a route around, it's in the free CPD section. That's available to anyone. Um, if you're interested in finding out more about the product, obviously we'd be delighted to tell you more about it. And we do a very, very um, light touch demo for a school. It's a, it's a big system, so we tailor it to a school. You're not going to necessarily want to hear all about every bit of it. So um, one of the team will do a, an online Zoom call, you know, whenever you like and tell you about it. Um, so that's that's very easy to set up and we're super delighted to do that. Um, so that, that's that's learning ladders, and obviously I hope that's of interest to people. And 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 if even if you're you're not interested in the product particularly, and you want to know more about how to do better parental engagement, we've got loads of resources on the website Excellent. about that as well. So do do take a look. Um, the inspirational story. I mean, there's a couple of things I suppose, just in terms of uh, maybe a, we did some research. Um, so we partnered with Twinkle, um, who some of you will have heard of. Um, and um, we did some research with them um, asking parents about their attitudes to teachers. One, one piece of positive news is the there's been an astonishing increase in parental appreciation and understanding of the complexity of the teacher's role in their child's life. So that's very, very positive. Uh, for me personally, I literally have a picture on my, on my sort of desk still. Um, the reason I set learning ladders up is still my motivating factor. There is a child um, who will be much older now and probably have left school. But when I was teaching in my class, there was a child who was destined for, I was in a tough part of London, who was destined for being expelled. Dad was a drug dealer. Mum was struggling with supporting at home, you know, classic story. And um, really, really struggling in school. You could just see the pathway was not going to be a happy one. And managed to get mum involved. Um, that was the inspiration for this. The very first version of Learning Ladders was voicemail messages. I used to leave this child's mum explaining what we'd been doing because she couldn't read. Mm -hmm. So um, I did voicemail messages explaining what was going on and how she could help. Her fear of school, her fear of the intimidating middle-class mums in the school playground evaporated because she was a bit more confident. She came on a couple of school trips, got to know her, um, started then sending out different kind of resources. All the other parents got involved, wanted it as well. And that's what then became sort of learning matters eventually. And that child before my eyes, when mum's attitude to school and mum's ability to help with his learning changed and he became thoroughly proficient mm -hmm. in school, did extremely well academically. But more than that, he was just happy. You know, this child went from being, he knew that he was always going to get in trouble. He knew that most days he would probably have some sort of detention, that there would be a fight in the playground. And that was his persona. That was, you know, he was, he was getting that identity. And he went really, really quickly from that 
to actually a thoroughly interesting articulate. It just unlocked that potential because mum was interested. And mum was interested because she had the confidence to be interested. And that catalyst, that, that process for me just resonated with the whole reason why I went into teaching. Um, you know, we dream of the Robin Williams Dead Poets Society moments when everyone stands on a chair, but that doesn't tend to happen very often. But seeing a child transform before you I think is 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 possible and people can still do that and people do that every day so I would say despite all the noise despite all the external pressures despite everything else peel it back to that one thing you know teachers genuinely are making a difference and can make a difference so stick at it and well done <laughs> I have no words to follow that I'll leave everybody on those final words if you are interested though, you've got all the resources there and I very much hope that you do um, take a look at what Matt is offering. Matt Costa Marcon, founder, <laughs> CEO of Learning Ladders. Thank you back. Thank you for taking time out of your very, very busy schedule to talk to me and our leaders from our school today. Uh, I wish you all the best for the future and Thank everybody you. else back there in schools. Keep going, as Matt said. Take care, everyone. The Askell Primary Leaders Podcast with Tiff Harris.